You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Welcome to the 137th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Guys, I'm hungover. Hungover from all that success, the over 200 likes on the Twitter and the 50 retweets. Guys. Oh my gosh. I've got a cross hangover and a viral status hangover, and I am just, I am hurting, so I need you guys to take it easy on me tonight, okay? I know, like, man, how did you sleep last night with all of that social media buzz that you've oh, uh, created? Oh, oh, I was comfortable on my pile of money from going viral. <laughs> uh, viral success. Spencer, you just got one more like. 201 likes now on uh, the old uh, tweet. Nice. The tweet the, uh, heard and seen around the world. Of course, Stephen Hyde crashing and breaking his derailleur, and we were on the spot, Johnny on the spot. All types of love from all corners of the internet, Velo News, Cycling News, famous professional cyclists, um, great stuff. And, of course, we're talking about Stephen Hyde's crash at Cross Nats, which we'll yeah, talk to which, about yeah, a bunch. Good work, man. Way to be in the right spot at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I had no idea that the uh, live stream didn't have a camera right there. I just uh, thought they, it would be they, a good they spot. They did, but they, they turned did. back. They turned they back to Driscoll, and uh, it was. I mean, that was fine to see too. But me and Tim were both like, "What? He turned away from Hyde? Why does?" Ah. Oh, it was. What was incredible about it, Spencer, was that they turned away from like the whole race. They were showing Hyde going through that section up the run up without any issues, and then, of course, the very final lap of the trickiest section that's left before the finish, he does it, but they turn away right away, so you never even see him go down. Yeah. And then what they see is they're waiting for Driscoll to come a good 15 seconds to that section, and then the camera follows Driscoll, and then is pushing people out of the way to follow Driscoll up the hill, but by that point, Hyde's already gone because of his professional nature of recovery, that you never even knew that Hyde had an issue. Right. I knew. I was there. I saw the man hit the ground. It didn't look awesome, uh, but he your kept heart it stop? together. A little. Were you scared? Oh, I knew Driscoll was closing in, but I thought the gap was probably big enough. Uh, I did not realize that Hyde also had a flat front tire, which uh, just made did, the whole thing pretty. No, on on Velo News today, it also said broken rib. Did he have that before? Or did he break a rib when he fell too? He. Uh, I didn't hear anything about that. Um, he did would have fallen in such a way that maybe he could have done that at that moment. I don't know. It was like not really going. I didn't see anything in the story that went into it, but the headline was something like broken derailleur, broken rib. Hmm. Well, I'm really that disappointed if he has magic. a broken rib because he's got worlds. And after the display and in do- in dominance that Stephen Hyde put on yesterday in that um, course conditions and yeah. – you know, more or less, Driscoll did put together a great race, not to take away from Absolutely. what Driscoll accomplished. I mean, oh, but Hyde was good 20 seconds clear before the start of that, or 15 seconds clear of the last lap. 
with the flat tire, the horrible crash. I mean, Hyde did I mean, put in a pretty dominating performance. It came down to, like, if the finish line would have been 20 feet further up the road, we would there would be a different yeah. national champion. Yeah, yeah sure. Jamie but again, it wasn't. We couldn't call Hyde him the dangler to... anymore. I mean... We still can't, I mean, we can't... He's supposed to be fifth. He really messed up. Yeah, I had a hundred thousand dollars on that. <laughs> I'm gonna. Ha- they're gonna and cut then... off my arms. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I don't have a hundred thousand dollars. It didn't pay so, out a lot, but it was a safe bet, you know. Like... Stephen Hyde taking the win over Jamie Driscoll, Kerry Werner, Jack Kissiberth, and Tobin Ortenblad, um, one through five on the wide angle podium, and uh, old man. Jonathan Page in seventh, and Todd Wells in eighth, rounding out the dad podium. Great stuff out there for the um, cyclocross at Cyclocross Nationals. Of note, I want to say only fourteen racers were on the lead lap at the end. Yeah. Um, Bjorn Sealander, uh, one of our favorite racers, in fifteenth place, and it looks like he actually put in a little bit of a sprint not to get sixteenth place uh, from Kevin Bradford Parish of Spoken, Washington. Um, Bjorn, we see what you did there, we, we and we know why you did it, and you know it's okay. Yeah, he just but, didn't want to get called out on the podcast, but we'll do it. We're hey not guys, afraid. Stephen Hyde was a long time coming. I mean, yeah, were you shocked? It kind of the super rookie curse okay. almost, uh, almost you took over there. At the end. See what happened is, yeah, the curse didn't realize until the very end what you had done last week. It was like, oh, Tim picked Powers, so we gotta, we gotta, you know, screw up his race, and then it did, and then it listened more carefully and was like, wait, 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 wait. Tim was pulling the wool over the curse's eyes, so the curse had to go after Hyde at the last minute, and it just wasn't quite enough. So you did well there, Tim. You you so, tricked it. Now, Spencer, that course looked absolutely miserable. It looked bumpy, icy, yeah. ruddy. Just, I mean. On a scale of 0 to 100, 100 being pristine Italian National Cyclocross Championship <laughs> uh, MotoGP uh-huh. style, 0 being the depths of hell. Where was this course on the uh, the ranking of uh, uh, awesome? We might have to use the Calvin scale. Like it is <laughs> it is it was beyond you cannot like I've watched the uh, the replays on uh, on YouTube from USA Cycling's uh, channel of the live feed. Mm-hmm. It does not do any justice to the brutality of that course. Um, you, you, it was it's hard insane. to tell from home. So here's here's a question: there, there well, wasn't a flat part. There was not a flat. All the sections that looked like they were flat were still like bone rattling. Well, here's what I really want to know: high line or low line? Because at home, every lap it was it was a toss up. Some guys would go high, some would go low. They were calling the low line the riskier line. I could not understand why. To me, it looked better, but also... Clearly the better line. I didn't get a zoom in. Was it like harder to do the run-up? Was it slipperier? What, what, why? The I think the low line was probably better. Um, I think it changed throughout the day, though. Um, I think the low line during the men's elite race was the better of the two options. I think people thought the top line was good because it was a little wider it had been used more regularly during the week so okay. it was like the bottom line was really narrow like single tracky um, it just looked the, faster on, yeah, on the, tv the top line had a little more space to work with like a little more room for error you know what i mean mm, okay uh, can we okay so yeah. 
It was hard looked, to know. I, I'm with little guy. Like it was pretty cool seeing the people choose the different lines, and then how there was like basically it was a merge at mm-hmm. the end, and it was very polite for the most part. Like one at a time, it was a zipper merge that you'd see on the yeah. highway, and then all of a sudden, someone from New York City was like, "Screw you!" and then just like you know didn't yeah. let somebody in. Now I would say that. Um, Probably the most disappointing thing for me, I know there was a blizzard and there's things outside of control, um, how horrible some of those lines took that were probably cut in by some crappy Masters racers um, or some non-championship racers earlier in the week. What I mean by that is that, you know, the course was pretty much decided, it seemed, by the time that the blizzard even came of where riders were going to ride because that was the smoothest rut or there were ruts in the mud. Did you come across that, Spencer, or do you think that the pros on the final day actually got to choose their own line? Well, uh, a little of both. I think, yeah, like the lines that got beat in during the week were when the course was muddy and wet, and uh, and then that suddenly froze. And those lines may not have been the best lines anymore now that it's frozen, but you didn't have a different option because that's just where they pointed your bike, you know? So, yeah. That was definitely uh, something to deal with, but everybody had to deal with that. And then the other sections, like, you couldn't really tell from the footage, but in the woods, both the times you dipped into the woods, it was just, like, a cattle path. Like, it was just lumpy and just teeth-rattling. Like, and you you just had to go, and there was no good line. And the whole thing was pure ice with a little grit and snow over the top. So guys were like losing front wheels, rear wheels, dabbing everywhere, just trying to keep momentum going forward. When you say uh, dabbing, do you mean dabbing on the podium or dabbing with your feet? Because I saw both over the course of cyclocross nationals. And I got to admit, I was a little disappointed when I saw it on the podium. Really? Because I loved it. I loved it on the podium and I loved it in the race as well. Anything you can do to get uh, get what you need out of the situation you're in, I think it's appropriate. So am I just being the stodgy old guy now saying no dabbing I think allowed? Yeah, I think you're maybe a little yeah. out of touch. Yeah. Was so, it wait, I wanna, Spencer, was the was it comparable to Madison a few years ago? The one the one so, time I've been to Nationals was frozen, mm-hmm. cold, ruddy Madison. You pitted for me. Mm-hmm. Was it was that what the course surface was like? That terrible hard rut crap? Uh, yeah, it was similar. You remember like around the pit area where it was specifically like extra bad. It was so bad. It was like, it was like that, but the entire way around and it didn't, it didn't like loosen up like it did at Madison in some spots where it actually got a little muddy, you know, it got slick. Yeah. It it stayed cold and it stayed frozen. Well, hats off to you guys that did that race because boy did Madison suck. (laughs) <laughs> so without a doubt, Stephen Hyde, a deserving national champion, Jamie Driscoll making it um, great. There mm-hmm. were um, – what, what was I, – I guess Little Guy and I spent a fair amount of time talking about this, Spencer, while you were doing the um, the duty of uh, getting us viral hit sensations was, mm-hmm. you know, finishing in 24th place and eventually, um, I believe, uh, two laps down um, was – former national champion and uh, king of American cyclocross, Jeremy Powers. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter and text message chains that I saw and throughout, you know, a lot of people were just like, ah, oh, Powers is done. And I felt, 
I felt personally bad about this. I, I think Little Guy and I both touched about it that it, it wasn't like the graceful decline that I was expecting to see from someone that's dominated cyclocross in the U.S. for so long and has done so much for the sport yeah. that it was like he wasn't even there. You know, well, it wasn't that there was a new kid on the block. Yeah. It's that the new kid on the block and a bunch of other people slayed the champion. And well, that, yeah. that felt well, strange for me. It's tough, though. A bat, he's been hurt. And it's not. Yeah. We all know he's not good in the mu- in the slippery stuff. He's yeah. he's a fast course guy. I mean, like, I think he'll be back. But like, yeah, we were saying it, it's he's had so much pressure on him. He's he's obviously the guy that everybody looks to, and it's he, it's he hard has, when he's on an off day because yeah. they spend so much time on that broadcast being like, "Where's Jeremy Powers? Where's Jeremy Powers?" And it's like, man, come on, he's having a bad day. Let him have a bad day. <laughs> Yeah, you but the, the amount of people that were hating on the broadcast for even saying, where is Jeremy Powers, like on Twitter, like was driving me nuts. It's like, yeah, maybe they're asking where Jeremy Powers is because that guy has been the face of American Cyclocross for the last, you know, six years. Yeah. We were all excited well, when he finally won, and he's done so much for the sport that's, that's that he deserves it. a little bit of credit. That's just it, is is I think a lot of people don't, either maybe they're newer to the sport or they just uh, have chosen to not remember, like, Jeremy Powers was Stephen Hyde for a long time. Like, he was always yeah. mm-hmm. second, third, fourth at nationals, and he was, like, the guy that couldn't get it together on the day. Yeah. And he, when he finally did in Madison, it was – I was there that year. It was unbelievable. Like, he yeah. collapsed into his, his then-girlfriend's arm, uh, arms uh. right after the line, and his mom was there. It was – it was amazing, and it was like this accumulation of everything, and it's the same and, thing that happened for Hyde this year. Well, was there's that... also this whole other thing, though, of what Powers has done, right? There's behind right, the yeah. barriers. There's all this other stuff that now, you know, if people are saying the king is dead, right? And I saw that tweet come across. I saw all this thing directed that Powers is no longer going to be the national champion. It's like, well, how, did, yeah. did we ever get to see Powers at his true peak, or was when he was at his true peak – he was also so invested in making cyclocross a bigger sport for all of us and trying right. to gain sponsorships yeah. that he never was able to fully concentrate on his skills. And that's like, it, it's I know it's a great what if, but man, mm-hmm. this guy did so I, much that I, I'm I don't happy think that, I don't that think that's a what if. I don't think it's a what if at all. I think he definitely spread himself too thin um, when he was at the top of his game. Like, okay, he what could have been? His, he started his I mean. own team. He started a cyclocross channel that did like daily updates with different shows that was crazy that was bankrolled by him you know like he did a lot of stuff he ran cross camps he did you know like nobody else is doing that like nobody at his level you know what i mean so but you know but he still dominated pretty well and uh i don't think we've seen the last of him i think he will wear the stars and stripes again i think the course you know the race wise he started kind of like he normally does settled into about 10th place going into that first hill but the way the course was, the way the weather was, the way it was going to shake out, like it blew apart into single guys riding with each other most most of the race, and there's no way you're going to come back from that. And then he fell, you know, like everybody fell. Every single person in the race crashed, including Hyde, including Driscoll, including everybody. Powers mm-hmm. fell, banged the hell out of his knee, and he wasn't, you know, that was game over for him. He pedaled so- around a little bit until he got, you know. Now, go ahead, little guy. I know you well, had something to I say. Was gonna, well, two things. One, next year it's Reno, and that's going to be a powers course. It's going to be fast probably. You know? Hopefully. And and two, like how many times people ri- written off Paige, right? And he comes, he always comes yeah. back. Like, okay, for years, true. people are like, pay, like this is why I'm just saying powers is not, you can't write him off. 
people for years people have said ah Paige is bah he's too old whatever blah 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 and look what he he was seventh yeah you know like what yeah. the hell so to um okay so Reno just for those referencing yesterday it was forty three degrees and rainy yesterday so it is the high desert climate so who knows Whoa. what kind of weather we're gonna see but secondly the um and Johnny Page great to see the Canties and the um the aluminum uh brake. Sorry, the aluminum bike frame out there. There was a sweet video that someone posted of him, like, totally just, you know, inside line on two guys to get the, you know, the pass on a a race. I'll have to find that and dig it up and retweet on our uh, Twitter. But Paige was making some moves out there. And also Todd Wells, who uh, Spencer talked about. But this goes back to your point, Spencer, that you said that you believe that um, Jeremy Powers will wear the um, national Mm -hmm. championship jersey again. Now, and, and with all due respect, are you saying as an elite uh, cyclocross racer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you would think that over the types, the likes of Stephen Hyde, Kerry Warner, Tobin Ortenblad, Yannick Ekman, and a lot of these young guys, Cody Kaiser being another, yeah. um, that Powers is going to be able to come back and overtake that. Powers is not an old guy. He's been around in the game for a long time, but he's not, he's not Jonathan Page, you know what I mean? He's not Tim Johnson. That much younger, actually. He's thirty four, isn't he? No. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious as to the amount of um, he's, he's, younger racers he's four that years, there are. He's four years older than Hyde. I'm just no. thinking of the amount of younger uh, racers that are coming up. So, <laughs> do you have a? Um, so, I mean, all right. Well, that, that's that's quite the prediction, and we are now, um, you know, what fifteen so, minutes into the. Uh, or sorry, seventeen yeah. minutes of the podcast, there was, and we're there's a, bar- a lot of other racing going on. We're there. burying the incredible lead that yeah, um, that K- Catherine Compton, Katie Compton, the legendary, um, won her thirteenth national cyclocross championship in a row in dominating fashion. Um, yeah, ridiculously impressive. I watched a little bit of that race. I got home from my own bike ride um, to see that, and I mean, holy crap, guys! <laughs> like so. There was a few things uh, I can note from being there about her uh, her effort. I saw her uh, pre-riding the course during the uh, women's elite warm-up uh, time between uh, mm-hmm. before the U23 men. Um, she was pre-riding the course in uh, in her Pan Am, you know, long sleeve, and then uh, tights and uh, mountain bike baggies. Nice. And you know what that said nice. to me was, I'm going to rail all these corners just to see how fast I can go before I crash. You know what I mean? She had the baggy protection. Yeah, she was going for it in in the pre-ride and testing the limits, and uh, it showed that she did her homework uh, when that race started. She wins by almost um, 30 seconds over Amanda Miller. Katie Antonow gets a strong third-place finish a minute up on Elle Anderson and Courtney McFadden rounding out the wide-angle podium. Mm-hmm. In 16th place, Catherine Cumming of Bloomfield, New Jersey, and Jalapeno Cycling Team. You know what was exciting, too, uh, was I think Amanda Miller sat up a little and let that gap go out there on the last half lap or so, but she was relatively close, uh, closer than we've seen people be to Compton uh, for a while um for a long time during that race like i didn't think she was gonna catch katie but i thought well if katie has a mechanical or something she's definitely close enough that that it's all of a sudden things are going to change quick you know so amanda miller had a great race think about that dominating performance so and this is i mean 13 years in a row of katie yeah. compton i mean unbelievable 
At what it's point? Amazing. At what point are you forced to retire, right? Like, cause I remember at the Super Bowl, it was kind of like if you won three <laughs> times, you weren't allowed to like come back or whatever. You know, like there's just kind of this like forced. You think there's uh, like a retirement? Uh, like, upgrade think, points limits that she yeah, can like have? Yeah, like when she gets <laughs> like when she wins the fifteenth time in a row, they're like USA Cycling is going to call her up and be just like, "Hey, Katie, I, I mean, you've done a lot for the sport, but the next thing you got to do is just like sit out next year because we need someone new to win." I uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's the case. I think she's a pretty good ambassador <laughs> for the sport. So. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, it is impressive what she's been able to accomplish. Um, I wouldn't want to be that bartender that tried to cut her off at the end of the night is all I'm saying. Yeah, that would be a horrible thing. So Katie Compton, a very strong win. Um, also going to Worlds. Uh, it would be great to see how she's able to compete uh, I gotta, coming I gotta, off I gotta, of I have a an domestic important question base. about the uh, women's race, actually, for Little Guy. Um, little guy, were you watching that one live on the on the live stream? I was not. I was um, I was working okay. on some trim. That's all right. That's all right. In, in um, so room. when you heard that the uh, that the race for second was coming down between Amanda Miller and uh, Caitlin Antino, <laughs> um, who is from Wisconsin, Amanda Miller being from Iowa, and it was mm-hmm. going, it could have gone either way. You being from Minnesota. Who did you want to win that that race between Wisconsin and Iowa? That's a toughie because I really like Wisconsin, but man, they are slipping to the right and out of my good graces. So uh-huh. I'm gonna go with Iowa. It's a dark horse. I like it though. You know, it's well, it's Iowa, got uh, unsung quality on the eastern. Wrong edges. answer. Correct answer. L. Anderson of Oakland, California. L. Anderson had a great race. I just wanted to check that because Minnesota has, you know, beef with both of those states. So I just wanted to I check mean, where the little guy fell. At the end of the day, it's hard to pick because they both they both suck. Yeah. No, see, that's that's where I fell too. Yeah. Um, L. So, Anderson was my dark horse for for the one to pull off a victory. She uh, finished in fourth, but did lead for the first lap, lap and a half or so of the race. Uh, so that was exciting. I thought I was gonna pull out uh, uh, a, a prediction victory, but. Um, not to be had. So I mean, it's hard Spencer, to bet, bet, bet against Compton, man. Now that you were there, and right, and you saw the women's race, you saw mm-hmm. Katie Compton, um, mm-hmm. and most of us at home were unable to watch the women's U23 race, the showdown of showdowns between Ellen Noble and Emma White. Right. Um, how would those two women who won by, who were four minutes clear of their competition in the women's U23 category, how would they have competed in that women's um, senior field? Um, well, I mean, that's impossible to say. I know they did one last lap. Thanks, Captain Obvious. But maybe you could uh, tell me, uh, you know, podium threats. I mean, I was there. (laughs) So they did do one lap less. So it's tough to say, you know, if if they'd have been going the same speed towards the end of the race as they were at the end of their race. Um, I think they I think they maybe would have each been. Uh, had a shot at the end of that wide angle podium for sure. Um, top tens, both of them. Uh, top four f- or three? I don't know. You know. Okay. But uh, I, I think fifth, sixth, somewhere in there is is totally reasonable and uh, and would have been a good result for either of them. Now, Ellen Noble did win the 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 showdown by thirty seconds over Emma White. Was um was it close on the ground? Because again, we weren't able to uh, watch the video. Yeah, I did a lot of periscoping once I realized the um, the feed was not working for that race. Uh, so turns out Slow Ride Podcast was <laughs> the only place you could get 
any footage of that race. So uh, if you didn't see it, um, you know, go go back through our Twitter feed and find those Periscope videos. It was a pretty cool race. Um, they were neck and neck for a long time. Um, it uh, it turned out to be that off camber to the descent of Bonkbreaker Hill, uh, where Ellen ended up getting her gap. She was riding that, and Emma was choosing to run, um, which was uh, maybe the safer option. Uh, but Ellen took the risk and uh, made it through clear and got a couple seconds gap and just was able to pull it out from there. So, yeah. Well, nice. And then in the other U23 category was uh, for the men was um, won by Lance Heidet of San Luis Obispo. Not Wait, even a who? team sponsor. Yeah, Lance, Lance, uh, hate it. All right. That was not, and, did, was that your, uh, pick for the race, Tim? That was not my pick. My pick was uh. Gage Hecht, who got second place and Max Chance, my favorite name in all of yes. cycling, Max Chance in third place. Um, give us a little update on what happened there. I know there's a little bit of, uh, uh, also drama filled, uh, final so, uh, section there. So this race, uh, it was the second one, uh, that I saw of the day and I thought it really set the tone for what we were going to see in the elite races. And it kind of uh, turned out to be that way. It was, uh, it blew up uh, after the, after the bonk breaker hill, the first time up and everybody was coming down like onesie twosies and then random crashes all through the entire race. Like you never knew when somebody was going to fall. It wasn't like, are they going to fall? It was like, when are they going to fall? And how inopportune is it going to be? And those leads, like those top 10 placings just kept leapfrogging each other the entire race and Mm -hmm. Curtis had a few more falls maybe than everybody else and ended up uh, back further than he wanted to be for sure. Um, and further, you know, than anybody expected him to be. Um, but yeah, it just came down to, to luck and that's just how it shook out. And after I watched that race, I was like, really seriously, all bets are off for both of these elite races I know that there's two favorites in the men's race and there's really one favorite in the women's, but man, nothing is set in stone at all today. But didn't like Gage Hex derailleur come off or something? I mean, wasn't there something where on the, in the finishing stretch he got caught? I mean, I, I thought that's what I was getting at, that I had Gage, heard that there was some severe drama and that Gage someone crashed. was in the lead and lost Gage, by a mechanical. Gage was in the lead uh, with Max chasing him and somebody else in third and then Lance in fourth gauge crashed. Those guys got around him and then somebody else crashed. And then max chance was cleared away, going to win and then lost his chain in like the last hundred feet and got passed by Lance. And, uh, he max ended up third, got passed by two guys in the last. So he lost his chain in the final hundred feet. Yeah. From what I understand, I didn't see the finish, but yeah, That's it sounded lot. completely crazy. Anything could happen. It, like I said, it set up the day for like, oh man, like my surefire pick for the win is not surefire anymore. Any of that stuff could have happened to Hyde, as you saw it did. Luckily, he was uh, close enough to the finish to. Uh, Luckily, to the Slow Ride running. podcast was there for the video, baby. We're all about the viral uh, hits, you know. That's that's what we're good at. So. I was happy to be there. I saw all our all our cyclocross favorites there. All the pros, obviously, were there. But not only that, a bunch of uh, wide angle podium friends were there. We saw Bill from Crosshairs Radio, obviously, on the uh, live stream helping out. That was amazing. We yeah. saw I saw Greg and Matteo from the um, 
Honest Bicycle Program. I saw Molly from Consummate Athletes. So all your friends from the Wide Angle Podium were there, which I thought was very cool. Uh, I just wanted to shout that out. Oh, nice. We also did a live did, show. Well, you did a live show? Crosshairs what? did a live show, technically, uh, and we just that kinda, I was on. We just, just sort of hijacked jumped on board. It. Yeah, yeah, hijacked. That's how we roll. See, I don't know if you guys listen to the Crosshairs radio uh, very often. Uh, I'm sure you do. Um, it's a it's a very um, it's got its own thing. It's not quite our thing. Our thing's a little more sporadic and sweary and like full of maybe half truths. Uh, his is a very different thing than that. And uh, so being on that show and injecting a little slow ride into it was a very interesting experience. So did that you just, just did you swear? A lot? I know. No, slow it, it down to... and like try to throw, like basically throw a frame pump in the spokes. Any I, random I, interruptions? I think I did throw a frame pump in the Crosshairs radio spokes, uh, but I kept it non sweary for the kids. Um, so I just want to give you an update on that. That'll be out on his uh, feed, I think, later this week or next week. So look for right. that because it could happen at any time. Whoa! What? <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale CyclocrossWorld.com. And you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah? Yeah. Right. Well, what are we racing for on this week's pre-lap, Spencer? That sounded like pre-lap, yeah. Uh, so, talking of uh, Wide Angle Podium, we've got some announcements with that. Uh, we're we? doing a raffle tonight. Are at, we? Um, you may remember back in uh, August... Uh, we did a donor drive uh, where we annoyed mm-hmm. all our listeners by talking about how much that we needed their support. And they came through in a big way. And one of the benefits of doing that was that they uh, were entered into a raffle and we sent them all Narweasel's number plates from the Narweasel's mountain bike race. And uh, we're going to draw That's a number. That's a collector's item. So even it if is. you don't win, you have the privilege of having the Narweasel's number plate and we're now randomly going to select your numbers. And if you win, what do you win? What are you going to win? Well, well there's, first there's... off, you win the, <laughs> the, the, the well, knowing the well-being, I don't know, feeling good about yourself of supporting the Wide Angle Podium Network. You probably feel pretty good. You probably feel pretty good as a winner. It's a little um, self-satisfaction. You, you do win actual stuff. There's a whole bunch of good prizes. Uh, a bunch of uh, uh, Molly Herford's books. Um, are on the line. Cycle cross gear is on the line. Crosshairs gear is on the line. Uh, probably some wide angle podium water bottles are on the line. It's it's good stuff. It's gonna what be a the fun slow ride. Donate pack. like some chocolate. Do nope. we have a chocolate factory? That I'm not aware of. A couple of tootsie rolls, some Swedish fish. It's vegan. But we're gonna Maybe... get to that drawing. Right after I give you this advertisement, because that's how advertising works. Okay. We get your attention, we, we tease you for something, and then we cut away from it, and you're pissed off. That's called after the fold. Yeah. Below the fold. Below the fold. After this week, the fold. it's we Health IQ. You, you know them. You love them. They sell life insurance to cyclists, runners, rock climbers, MMA fighters, probably. I don't know. They... If you're living a healthy lifestyle, they have gotten you better rates, or they can get you better rates than what you're currently getting. And if you're not getting any life insurance right now, that's the first place to start. HealthIQ.com slash slow ride. Um, no, it helps but, us. 
it helps you, you. You definitely should look at the health IQ. And we'd like yeah. to thank all of the supporters that have tweeted us about their health IQ um, subscription. Yeah. Like, thanks yeah. for actually making advertising work for us because we are, a, you know, a small little uh, podcast that people are now listening to because they saw our video because Scoop Howe was on the side of the course. But that's <laughs> beside the point. I think what he's saying here is if you're riding your bike 50 miles a week, you can save money on your health insurance. Or sorry, your life insurance. But yep. then the next part, if you're in the octagon taking some blows <laughs> to the head, a little MMA fighting, your little rear naked choke, things are not looking so good, you can at least, before the before you tap out, you could be going, you know, I could be saving some money on my life insurance if I just go to health IQ forward slash the slow ride. And you're welcome. Yeah. So uh, if any of that sounds appealing or makes any sense to you at all, which it didn't mm-hmm. to me. Didn't to me uh, either. Yeah. Check out outlikeyou.com slash slow ride. Learn more. Take a quiz. Fill out the form. They, uh, they'll send you an email. They'll be like, hey, what's up? We'll, we just talk to you about this stuff. And they'll explain they may call you. that doesn't make sense. They may call sense. you. Um, they call you? They write you a letter? Yeah. They'll do, they'll do whatever well, you they'll want. They'll write you a letter too? All right, cool. Yeah. Okay, thank whatever you makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. So you fill so you fill out the form and then you tell them how Dude. you want them to communicate and then they're like, All right, there's a a pigeon will be at your door in a couple minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. Bop, 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 bop. And the pigeon's like, Here's your uh really awesome quote on life insurance and you're like, Whoa. All right. All right. Well, I mean we're gonna get angry emails next week when the pigeons don't arrive. <laughs> Basically. But you know what's actually crazier than that? Email. I mean that shit's magic. <laughs> it's true. So right. we'd appreciate it. Check them out. Yeah, uh, check it out. Long-time sponsor, returning sponsor, which yeah, that's our first. Hey, guys, that's our yeah. first. We haven't even scared <laughs> them Support them yet. for supporting us more than once. Holy crap. Uh, so let's get into this raffle. Um, okay. So what we did was we sent out a bunch of number plates, like I said. Uh, no whammy, they are no whammy, in the no whammy, no whammy, 300 no series. Whammy, no whammy, so I'm going to... Uh, in 300 series? Okay, I got I my 300 series die ready to roll. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> no, it's kind of random numbers. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask each of you to select a number between, you know, X and Y. I'll give you a range. And, uh, and that is how we will get uh, our winner. No whammy, okay. no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Hold on, I got so, a carjack under this 300-sided die. So I'm going to so pick the first number. <laughs> Crank. I'm going to pick okay. the first number. Okay. Little guy, you're going to pick the second number, and Tim, you're going to pick the last number. Okay. Wait, I thought you said it was 300 series. Yeah, unfortunately for me, I have to choose between three and three, so I'm going to choose three. The first number nice. is three. Nice. Little guy? What? Three. No, I'm I need... super confused. At wh- where, what is my range? Your range. Yeah, I need okay. you to pick a number between three, three and nine. Ooh. Seven. <laughs> Damn. Seven. Okay. So we've got so far, your pick? Nice. so far we've got three and we've got seven. Alright, what are my ranges here? Alright, your range All right. is between zero and nine. Well, you guys you know me. I'm a I'm a pretty symmetrical kind of guy. So I'm gonna go with the palindrome here. I'm gonna go with number three. Three seven three. So three seven three is our winning number. Yay! Way to go, three seven three. Do we know what that is? You crushed it. No, I have no idea. Um, So what (laughs) they're going to have to do is they're going to listen. listen. Yeah, they're going to have to listen. (laughs) 
I'm not I'm not sending stuff out to people for free. No, they have to get in touch with me. Um, so what they're going to do is they're going to, if you've got the number uh, 373 on your Nara Weasels uh, plate, shoot a photo of it and either email it to me, Spencer, at the wideanglepodium.com, or just tweet it at wideanglepodium uh, on Twitter. And Pigeon. Uh, we'll get you hooked up with a whole pile of prizes. It- 373. Three seven. So, and before we get away from this premium lap, I just want to remind everybody: you can also always email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, and you can, you can. Let's not confuse. I'm not pod. done. I'm not done with this pitch. This contest is better than just our random giveaway here. Because really? guess what? what? Guess what? There are what? four, four total chances to win these prizes. Oh. If you aren't three seven three, your day is not done. You've got three other chances to win. Crosshairs so Radio. Crosshairs Radio is going to be announcing their winner. Uh, and Honest Bicycle Program has already announced theirs. So if you haven't listened to their latest episode, go do so. You may have won. I hope they so didn't pay 373. Uh, who's the fourth? And Consummate Athlete Podcast has also just today announced their winner. So you've already I'm, gotten three chances, and there's a fourth one coming. You know, their most recent episode's about how to run a marathon faster. So I'm going to start listening to that. Yeah, you probably should. I think you probably made a number of mistakes in your uh, half marathon attempt earlier this year. Do you think stopping at the beer stops had anything to do with that? Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, so that's it. 373, if that's you, tweet us a, a number. If it's not you, go check out the uh, other two shows that have already released their numbers and look for that third one um, from Crosshairs Radio later this week. And uh, maybe you did win something. Well, thanks. And then back to the the show, I think before we get back into what Spencer or Little Guy wants to talk about with the flyover of all flyovers is we need to bring up last week where we talked about our predictions for the 2017 cycling season. And of course, one of us, one of your astute hosts brought up the fact that Team Sky will no longer exist by the end of the year. And the downfall has already started with Chris Froome refusing to support with... um, Fully support his yeah. team manager and owner, Dave Brailishford. Gentlemen, it is starting. Man. The cracks are starting to form. Team mm-hmm. Sky is beginning to dissolve. Yeah. Before you know it, Cunega will be taking the honorary start line at the tour, <laughs> and things will be looking <laughs> good for the diminutive little I, prince. I didn't make the jump there with you. I'm not so sure that, how we yeah. got there. but So that's been I the like problem it. all these years is Team Sky have been holding Cunega back? That's right. Huh. Hmm. This is a big conspiracy. That's an, yeah, it's an interesting conspiracy. Uh, yeah, Tim, you're right. Sky's starting to crumble. Froome is the, looking wait, for that wait. life raft. He's looking around. Oh, is, there it is. Jumping is, toward it. So so what team does Chris Froome go to by on, the end whoa. of the year? Is the sky falling? Oh, yes, nicely done. the sky done. is falling. Well done. All right, double a seven. Is this a chicken? Is this a chicken little thing? Because so, who? What team does uh, Chris Froome go to by the end of the year, Spencer? Dimension Data. Little guy. I think a new team gets created. Ooh. Really, like the whole team coast to to Bianchi thing. He's he's too big for any team that's around. Like, every, uh, maybe he's he goes, going to maybe he's going to UAE Abu Dhabi. No, well, here's what I'm saying though. No, no track. Gonna, like, whoa, we can spend like what we made just last five minutes on this guy. Let's do it. I think though, like, there's a chance Contador does another year. Maybe he call, decides to call it quits. Trek, you know, wants Froome. Nah, can they, they afford they bring him, him? Dude, they would find the money. 
it I don't care who you are. If you have a chance to sign Froom, you call the sponsors and you just say Chris Froom, and they're like, "Oh, let me just see if I got any more money here." Well, here's here's what it is. It could be any three of the options we just said. If he is truly uh, and uh, rightly uh, clean as a whistle, yeah, or he's going to end up on Astana. <laughs> I don't think he'll go to Astana. He would. That, that's what right. I'm saying. We didn't think a lot of people would go to Astana. <laughs> they did. I know. Yeah, oh, do you man. think Aru would go to? I mean, Aru would put up with that. I. Like, he's not going to go to Movistar. You know, there are teams that he's not going to go to because they already have who they feel can take him on. Yeah. I think that he would have to go. I think Dimension Data is a very um, realistic choice, Spencer, because of the whole um, African connection of Chris Froome being from Kenya originally and how they do have um, that identity of, uh, of Africa's cycling team. They and do I not have the money. What's that? They do not they, have the yeah, money. Yeah, but they might be able to find that. Yeah, I suppose, man. I mean, but but I I'm still a firm believer that one that Abu Dhabi cycling. I mean, sorry, Luis yep. Mentes, you're going back to the Giro. <laughs> well, maybe he goes to maybe he goes to Bora. Like he seems to get on well with. No, uh, they already pay Sagan. Sagan. No, yeah, already... but have you watched all the videos of him and Sagan goofing off at the tour? Speaking Shit's of great. videos, um, I did get a, a Instagram message from the former professional cycling superstar Eric Saunders. Who followed Ooh. up last week's uh, podcast when he was talking about no one looks like a pro team anymore. And he just sent over that picture of the quick step photo shoot or the video of the quick step photo shoot <laughs> of all uh-huh. seven of like their riders basically having a pillow fight on yeah, the mattress. Yeah. Did you guys see this? Is this well, a new one or is yeah. this the old one from like six years ago? I think it's a new one. I think they do them every year. Yeah, and, Are they still and sponsored Saunders by Saunders was company? like, I meant this. And then you're like, yeah, that looks like a pro team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing's more pro than a pillow fight. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, you know, I, uh, I once, a few years ago, was talking to uh, former U.S. road national champion uh, Mark McCormick, uh, a guy oh, who name has been a pro for a long time well, and hey, won Spencer, a lot of things. Spencer, watch out. I don't want you to trip on that over there. Yeah, yeah. He... Uh, he told me once what pro was in his determination. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but he said, if you race your bike and you pay for anything at all, you are not a pro. Anything, though? Anything. Your race entry, your sunglasses, your hotel what, room, What if we take gas. this to an extreme level is that, like, you're you're so Euro pro that if you're training in like the region you live in, you pop into the cafe. Is that is that coffee on the house? Oh yeah, if you're training in the region you're from. So like, of course, I got a name drop now because you guys have been name dropping. Say when I'm looking at Scarponi's Twitter because we're like, <laughs> I follow him on Twitter and like, yeah, he doesn't follow me yet, but I'm. I think he's about to follow me. He does have a connection. I can tell. I mean, we have a connection. I'm one of thousands that follow him um and i see him training uh yeah. with the bird on his shoulder frankie yeah. um frankie, frankie. Yeah. now i'm assuming that makes him like super pro because he is a bird like yeah. whether he gets he gets a bird like the local f- wildlife and fauna follow him in a way that no other pro gets followed it's true it's true <laughs> okay so, so we're in agreement scarponi is the most pro person in the world he, yeah. he seems very pro. Yeah, he okay. makes me almost like Astana. He That's posted how pro a, he is. He posted a picture today on his Twitter mm-hmm. account 
of of like a magazine cover of an Italian cycling magazine that he's on currently and he's like it's like a picture <laughs> from the ground level and he's like putting his shoes on and he's on a couch and he's making the most Michele Scarponi face you've ever seen and you just looking at it you're like that's gotta be a fake that can't be a real magazine like that's a real magazine of like you putting your shoes on and making a goofball face and they're like cycling nice. well crazy <laughs> man puts on shoes little guy I do want to say that you were the subject of a great email that we got to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com mm. from one oh. Gavin Adkins. And he says, hi, who's this guy? Just to let you know that I was watching Klein corner over the holidays, <laughs> which I loved. Cool. And my wife proclaimed it to be the biggest bike nerd thing ever, which is really saying something. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably takes and, it to a new level. Huh? And he says, see below for evidence. A few episodes back, the little guy was talking about Mitch Docker's podcast, Life in oh, the Peloton. God. I was just talking to Caitlin about that the other day. What were you talking about? <laughs> um, I made a voice. I made like a goofy voice, and she said, that's like that podcast. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> She's like, that podcast you're always talking about. And I went, it's me, Mitch Docker. <laughs> and we like started doing it again. Okay, go a on. A few episodes back, little guy was talking about Mitch Docker's podcast, Life in the Peloton. Specifically the intro music. That intro music is actually the same intro music for the daily half-hour highlight reel of each Tour de France stage we used to get on public television here in Australia in the 1990s. That's what it's from. He says <laughs> it is seriously a deep cut. It's Mitch such a deep out, cut. Mitch started out with the Brunswick Cycling Club here in Melbourne, Australia. Check, out, check, out, check us out on Instagram at Brunswick underscore CC. Nice. And is properly a nice guy. His podcast episodes with Matt Heyman are pretty great, too. They're Signed, awesome. Gad, Gavin Adkins. <laughs> right. Have you guys listened to the Heyman ones yet? <laughs> no. Uh, I have never listened why don't to this you guys ever listen to me? It's such a good podcast, <laughs> and the ones where he talks to Matt Heyman are so great. And it, you uh, listen to it, and you're like, God, I want to hang out with Mitch Docker. So he's just in a hotel room, and he's just like, all right, mate. Yeah, right, mate. That's awesome. Because you were just – I was like, how are you doing that? Oh, man. Oh, you're so strong. Oh. <laughs> Do do do, and the music it's so good. All right, well, so I I will give it a uh, college try, little uh, guy. But I want to say that do it. Gavin, uh, this this reading kind of from Gavin's letter really buried the lead here, and that is that if you're a wide angle podium me- member, you member, can member. go into the exclusive content <laughs> in which Klein Corner actually exists, in which little guy dissects Klein bicycles upon site that yep. we have provided. And um, so Gavin's wife may be correct saying it is the biggest bike nerd thing ever. Oh, absolutely. Um, I so. couldn't believe it. Well, editing that, I was dying. Um, was... Yeah, that's up there. Episode one. We've got episode two. Uh, I've got the images ready to go for oh, little cool. guys. Send so them over. We can, now, uh, we can get um, that going. It's now, fitting before... that we got an email from one of our Australian listeners because I'm drinking a very tall beer right now. And I feel like I'm probably... Just as buzzed as all the Australian listeners are right now. Just a little bit. Just <laughs> Do you think that all the Australian listeners are buzzed because the tour down under is around the corner? Uh, and, oh, and the, segway sim. And the, uh, they just had national championships, did they? And they just Probably? had national championships. Yeah. And, you know, Simon Garens is going to be the team leader for Rika Scott. Did I mean, I don't again? know how else that they're going to be excited for the. No, he is not the team leader. It is uh, BMC Tag Heuer, uh guy who um, is going to have to wear that ugly. <laughs> is that jersey. his name? Yeah, guy. BMC Tag Heuer guy? Does he have a name you know, to him? 
He, he was, yeah, he just wanted his sleeves to match the rest of his kit, so, so he had to just... win the championship. Now, I'm Wait. not one for accuracy. No, obviously not. Who is this person? To... I don't know, little guy. In my computer, because I'm on cycling news, I'm going to get all types of pop-ups whenever uh, I click on something. You're never going to do it. And it's going to okay. bog it all down, so I'm not going to do it. Other news on the headlines. This is how slow cycling world is right now, is that the British National Championships are going to take place on the Isle of Man, and the other lead is Spencer. As you said earlier, you said, hey, guys, I didn't watch any of the other countries' national cyclocross championships, so I'm just going to assume Ian Field won the British cyclocross title again, (laughs) which he did for the fifth time. Um, So there you go. Miles Scottson is the Australian. There you go. So Sané Kant takes the Belgian title, but little guy, what do you have to say about the Belgian national championships? Or I'm sorry, I mean the Voot van Aert national championships. One, it was kind of boring because, wow, just crushed. But two, you guys got to go. I know you haven't done it. You got to go back and watch a little bit of it just to see the flyover. It's the biggest flyover it has to be the size of 20 American flyovers put together. <laughs> it goes over like a five, six lane highway. It oh, man. connects two separate like race courses. It's like a sand beach course and a muddy park. And they had to go over a highway. And they said, it's Belgium. We don't care. We'll just build a huge flyover. It was a tall, high enough flyover that guys were attacking up the climb. Wow. Like, that was a legitimate attack. It was like 15 seconds of a climb. It was ridiculous. And then they descended down one side. You guys, this is mind-boggling. They taped. We've talked about this before. You got to tape wide on a cross course. We saw it at American Nationals. They taped the hill wide, and that was the most exciting part, right? Yeah. The two lines. This was great because it was a sand section, and they came off that five-story flyover. And what was so awesome is the only place you could ride was, you know, at the edge of the water on the mm-hmm. beach. So these guys, rather than turning right as soon as they could, just shot straight out like 20 extra yards to the edge of the beach and then rode over. It's, ah, it's bonkers. It was like half a football field wide, like how wide this section was taped. It's insane. This course is so big. And then you watch any other national championship course, and it just looks like a local race in comparison. Yeah. It's not so. Well, it's worth it Belgium just Belgium always has to show off, don't they? Um, well, I mean, it's but, their only time to show off, really. I mean, let's I'm, a, I'm a little about concerned about the, uh, the size of their flyover, only that um, I think in typical American fashion, uh, the KMC cross race will try to outdo it oh, uh, there's by making no way. an even bigger flyover. You Spencer, you got to look at this thing. There's no. I, I'm looking at it right now. I found it's... a um, video of it on uh, um, cycling tips. <laughs> what's that thing we? What's that thing we use to find shit? It, it is pretty. Um, <laughs> it's it it's is pretty epic. impressive. It, it's yeah. a bridge. It's literally it's... just a bridge. It's not even a flyover. I think it's. I think there's a point where something ceases to be a flyover and it just becomes a bridge. It's just a really large bridge. Yeah, it's mm. pretty big. I mean, I... Uh, I yeah. Can oh. you... Tim, look at that flyover and imagine trying to get the permitting for that <laughs> in the United States. <laughs> it goes over a highway on, like, the beach in... I don't know where the championships were, but I assume they're in, like, Brussels or something because there's, like, large apartment blocks in the background. It's, like, in a big city. Like, 
Can you imagine trying to get like you go to the like the authorities and you're like, hey, we just need a permit. We're gonna do a bike race. They're like, okay, cool, it's uh, thirty bucks. And you're like, uh, we want to build a bridge over the highway because uh, we want to have it uh, in two separate areas at the same time. It's just a five story bridge. We'll put it up, no big deal. And um, you know, we'll take it down after the weekend. Yeah, that's nuts. Just a temporary structure. Just over. a temporary structure to go over a highway. You yeah. think Bel- you think they did that? You think the Belgians did that just to be like, "Hey, Americans, we see all of your puny uh, trying to appropriate our cyclocross culture with your flyovers. We're going to show you how it's done." And then yeah. they, pretty much. Yeah. I hope. I, I mean, hope it was just they threw down. They're like, "No, this is it. You can't. Come on, <laughs> just give up." So the they towel. they went to their local municipality and were like, "Look, we have to show up the Americans." And they yeah. were like, "Okay, build it." Yeah, they're like, "Perfect." That's the, we, the only we've thing got we'll the Belgian army, Belgian army corps of engineers on it. We're gonna we're gonna this is gonna be the biggest flyover you've I ever mean, seen. The engineering expertise alone to build a temporary structure <laughs> that large is like be so far beyond just the like the designed like time that they okay. took is beyond what any race could afford in the u.s yeah. to do an entire race nationals so they, cost less probably than that thing costs so the order is then great pyramids great wall of china <laughs> and then this flyover yeah and then the 2017 belgian national flyover okay that's like- it's so big i watching it i kept seeing them descending it and i didn't get like a shot from the side of it for a long time and i was just like what are they going down it's like a it's a really big hill in this course, but then they're on a beach. It doesn't make sense. It's. I'm looking at it right now, uh, little guy. It is. Um... It's. <laughs> it's enormous, <laughs> Spencer. It looks like a bridge that would go over a river. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check it out. Uh, so so anyway, that, I mean, great stuff uh, this week, gentlemen. I, I do want to remind our listeners: email us at the Slow Ride Podcast um, at gmail.com, like Gavin. And uh, if, if your email is as good as his, maybe you'll win a prize. Um, sadly, Gavin lives in Australia, so we're not going to be able to mail him anything. But, you know, if he ever comes into the U.S. and uh, we see him, uh, you know, we'll buy him some hash browns. That's and, true. Um, it's true. Other than that, you can always uh, leave us a review and ranking on iTunes. We are currently ranked the number eight amateur podcast in the, in the world, which, I mean, Amateur sports. Love. Under, under amateur sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amateur sports. But yeah, I do want to say a pro podcast, but we're, we're in the amateur. Yeah, we're, we're just we're, yeah we're, we we're sandbagging. We might be forced. Yeah, I, we might I, be forced I, to upgrade. But yeah. so there you have it. I, I want everyone to check it out. Leave us a uh, podcast uh, review if you can, and uh, that helps us out tremendously. Mm-hmm. And above else, we would also want you to wave at all of your fellow cyclists. I know it's been chilly across the U.S. right now, and even if you're wearing some mittens. You know, take off the mitten, say hi, wave with the mitten. You know, you can wave with the mitten. You could be flicking us off, and we don't even know because it looks like a nice general wave. So just go ahead and do that for us. That would be great. And um, also like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And mm-hmm. um, pretty much uh, is that it. Wide Angle Podium Network. What else you got there, Spencer? Yeah, Wide Angle Podium Network. Uh, reminder to go check out uh, Consummate Athlete. Um, the Honest Bicycle Program, and the upcoming Crosshairs radio shows for your chance to win if you were not uh, Narweasel's number 373, which is our winner. And Um, we'd like to thank, uh, yeah, everyone for listening. 
And most of all, if you guys can go out there in Greenville, South Carolina, stop at Hotel Domestique and look for gorgeous George Hincapie and say hello and tell him to be on the podcast. We'd love it. Yeah, George, um, I don't know if your email just bounced back or what, but uh, we haven't seen anything yet. Um, I tried to track down uh, Derek Bouchard Hall and some of those other guys from USA Cycling, see if they knew what was going on, but uh, they were... Busy, very busy with the production this weekend. Um, so unfortunately, I didn't get any George updates. Uh, but we'll work on that. Yeah, we'll work on that. Well, mm-hmm. again, thanks. And uh, above all else, take a look at the Belgian Cyclocross National Championships. All you need to watch is the first seven minutes of the um, yeah, the race right. that's and, on Instagram because it's already over. But it's pretty be- epic. And because my fear that KMC Cross will put in uh, their attempt at a, at a flyover as big. As Belgian national championships, they just can't. There's no way. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to encourage you though to before that happens, before cross season next year, before KMC, go to healthiq.com/slowride and get yourself <laughs> no some plan. life insurance just in case. It's, if this has been normal American standards, that infrastructure is going to be crumbling so. shortly after it's built. So do your loved ones right. a favor. <laughs> well, thanks yeah. for listening to the podcast, and uh, with that, we bid you adieu. All right. So now that we're done, guys, do you guys want to hear about my spoken nipples? The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.